Krissa were very hard. Hello. Oh, this is great. We are alive. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Came on just a little bit early, but uh, I never heard anybody. Never heard anybody at all. <laughs> so exciting. Okay, so today, just a few things. First, hello. So glad that you're with us. Uh, I have a heated blanket on my lap, and I'm loving life. Just, just going to say that. Number two, um, just a few things. Housekeeping, look, we love you. Thanks for giving. Just keep uh, doing what you do. Um, we just know that we can uh, grow in some ways that maybe we weren't able to prior. And the only way we can do that is if you're faithful in your financial giving. So two, that's two. We appreciate you. Thank you for what you do uh, for the church and for the way that you provide for us. Really do appreciate it. Thirdly, exciting announcement. Get ready. Uh, Diacre and Shandi have had a baby. Uh, and this is uh, quite exciting. Uh, Kia. So baby girl born February 25th. So that's really exciting. And then Brittany and Greg Everett. Uh, Drew, a baby girl born February 24th. Listen. We're growing. Congratulations, you guys. That's so exciting. I'm so excited. So that's great. Um, and then thirdly, we had baptisms yesterday. And so uh, we'll watch that in just a few minutes. But before we do, uh, I just want to say that the first time this has ever happened at South Point was yesterday. And so we want to celebrate the fact that Jesus is Um just inspiring people's hearts to move into a place where they actually do want to follow him. So you know what we'll do right now? What we are going to do is we are going to show this baptism video. Okay. I'm going to try this, see if it works, but this is really exciting. See you in a minute. Welcome to South Point Dunk Sessions. This is our first ever baptism and we're doing it in a hot tub. And so the reason why we do baptism ultimately is just a public declaration that you have decided to follow Jesus. And so we're so excited. We have two people today. And so let's get started. Okay, so the reason I'm gonna get baptized today is just in obedience of what God has asked for us. Um, so I feel like that's where I am in my journey. And just some of the things that Jesus has done for me um, on the in my daily life is help me accept the things I cannot change, um, uh, to not be discouraged by my struggles, and to live each day to the fullest until he comes and takes us all up to heaven to live with him forever. So April, on the profession of your faith, and I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we'll pray that you get baptized in the Spirit. So Jesus, thank you for April. God, I pray that as she comes out of the water, that everything that was old uh, would now be made new. This would be an amazing moment in her life. That she remembers always as a 
start of something incredible. And would you baptize her with your spirit? In Jesus' name. All right, here we go. Thank you. Yeah! Thank you. <laughs> Okay, um, I'm here today because I'd like to be baptized um, because a while back I realized that God was knocking on my door and I opened my heart to him and everything changed from that day on and I felt the need to for myself to be baptized because I'd like to take that next step and I felt like I have been reborn and this is a new life for me so I personally felt that I wanted to wash away the past and start my new life with Jesus and so that's why I'm here today. Upon the profession of your faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Fantastic. Let's pray for you really quickly. Jesus, thank you for Carmen. Thank you for what you're, you've done in her life. Lord, this is a significant moment. And I pray, God, that this would be one of those moments that would stay with her for the rest of her life. When things are good, when things are bad, when things are overwhelming, when things are joyful, that she would remember this, this public declaration of what she has been going on inside of her heart. So thank you for Carmen and her life and her family and for everything that she I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it was a great day. Uh, it was awesome to see people wanting to take the next steps with uh, with Jesus and go for it. And so, uh, congratulations to the two of you. And we're just really praying that this next season for you is the most exciting. So just, just remember, we are, we're here for you, whatever you need. And if you're interested in getting baptized, let us know. I mean, we can do, we can do dunk sessions every, you know, month, every other week. I mean, whatever, like if, if that's something that you want to take on, uh, in terms of following Jesus, amazing. So, so good. So good. So, so proud of the two of you. And, uh, we're excited to see more of that happening at South Point. So today let's get into the text. This goes along with the the whole baptism feel of it, and really this is the ending of our whole series, Uncommonly Common, which hopefully has been really practical for you. Like just basic stuff in terms of what seems to be common sense uh, living, lots of times is not, and when we're living it out, it's sometimes very difficult, uh, but ultimately the way Jesus sets it up is he just wants us to just live out our lives in ways that not only benefit other people, but also ourselves and our relationship with him. And so the last thing that we'll talk about today, after we've talked about so many just practical things, not judging people, um, you know, what, what actually taking care of your anger looks like, a ton of different stuff. Today, we're going basically to the start of the Sermon on the Mount, where he says this to his disciples. This is Matthew 5, 13 to 16. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it make, how can we make it, how can it be salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. So again, when Jesus is setting up the Sermon on the Mount, you got to think about it. They, he's literally sitting there on this mount, the disciples around him, but then there are a ton of other people that are listening as well. So Jesus is setting clearly the expectation for how he wants his followers to be. And before he gets into the very practical stuff, like, you know, watching your anger, watching your lust, uh, you know, not judging other people, not worrying about what's coming, you know, into your bank account because he's going to take care of you. All of those practical things. He says very like this is the start of it. He, he kind of lays out what he expects. He says, you guys, the people that are following me, your whole thing when you go out into the world is to be salt and light. And when we talk about salt, like the one obvious thing about salt and what Jesus is saying is, look, I want you to bring flavor to a very bland and lost world, right? Like something that is very not realistically good. You can pour salt on that and it just kind of brings out the flavors. So that's one thing he's saying. Okay. So obviously what Jesus wants from us and what he's saying very clearly to his disciples is I want you to go into the world and I want you to bring some flavor to it, but not just like any kind of flavor, a very specific kind, a kind that actually brings out in others and in the world, what is there and what's good. Uh, give it more taste, give it more flavoring. So that's one. The second thing salt does is that it preserves. And so when Jesus says, I want you to be the salt of the world, what he's saying is to Christians, I want you to go out into the world and I want you to actually act as a preserving agent. Like when stuff is decaying, when society is decaying and the world's kind of just kind of falling apart, I want you to really be the thing that keeps it together, that keeps it preserved, that allows it to not rot away um, and will actually make it editable. You, you know what I mean? Like not editable, edible, but I don't know why I said editable. So that's one. And then the other thing, he says, then I want you to be light. He says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And so basically the idea back in those days was people would walk from far distances, you know, ride on donkeys, whatever you want. And they would approach a town and on these roads, it's very terrifying because everybody was uh, was getting robbed frequently because the minute you leave a city or you leave a town where there is light, you're now in the darkness and you're trying to travel to the next place. But people would you know, jump you and steal your stuff. So Jesus says, look, like I want you to be a city on a hill. And the idea that he's speaking there is very clear, like. When people are lost and wandering around in this life, I want all of you to be people that when they see like just over the hill that there's light, that now there's comfort, there's peace, there's hope, there's this like desire to just get there because you know that you're going to be safe from traveling on these crazy roads. And then the last thing, he talks about this whole idea of having light and not hiding it under you know, a bushel or hiding it under a jar, a clay, a clay jar. Is that what he says? Yeah. He says, really, what I want you to do is to take that off and to shine it into the world instead of keeping it for yourself, where it can just kind of make sense for you or illuminate some very, very strategic spaces. 
I really want you to illuminate the world in a way that allows them to see what is going on really around them, what's true. Have you ever been in the dark and all of a sudden you light a match or you, you know, turn on your phone or whatever, you start seeing what really is there. When it's pitch black and dark, you really can't see it. But what you see when there's just a little bit of light actually helps you to navigate what's going on there. And so Jesus is saying some very clear things to his disciples. And I hope that we start taking this stuff to, uh, to heart. And here's why. So the people that I go to work with on a daily basis, the folks in my family, people that are around me that, you know, wouldn't consider themselves Christians, the reality is they have a lot of opinions about Christians. And the reason why they have a lot of opinions about Christians, because there's been a lot of Christians that have done stupid things. And the reality is not just in the big stuff. It's also in the way that Christians really walk around their workplaces and their families and feel as though people feel as though this is what I've heard from a lot of people that I know. They feel as though that Christians don't actually make things better. They actually just make people feel awful about themselves. Uh which historically is not true, but in the day and age that we are in now, um, I would say that they're not wrong. Now, are there good Christian organizations doing amazing things? Absolutely. There are. Um, that's always been the case for Christians. Like we've always been uh, historically people that have gone into, you know, desolate places or have figured out what the, what the community needed and helped with that. I mean, there are a lot of hospitals that started because good Christian people saw the need to help with medical realities. There were a lot of things that happened that were great and uh, in terms of caring for people. But there have been a lot of folks that have experienced Christians that weren't interested in helping other people or making things better. They were just intent on uh, ensuring that the whole world lived the exact same way Christians do. Now. Here's the thing. If you are a follower of Jesus, I just want to say very clearly, that's awesome. If you're not, that's okay too. But the tragedy has been that we have spent more time telling people how to live their lives in terms of morality and ethics than we have actually showing people what Christians can be about. We're known more for what we're against than what we're for. And the things that we're known for what we're for, lots of times they're not great um, because they have to do with conspiracy theories and supporting people that are misogynistic and weird. Okay. Just going to say that. So when Jesus is speaking to his disciples, what he is saying very clearly is, I want you to go into this world and to be the flavor, to be the preservation, to be the people that give hope and comfort and peace. I want you to be people that don't hide what you've got, but actually give it out because it's awesome. And it will actually show people what's really there. And I know lots of times 
you know, we get really intimidated. I know there's a lot of people even watching that are like, well, I don't know. Like, how do I, how do I share my faith? What do I do on a daily basis? Really, it's not that complicated. If you really do believe that you have this amazing God that loves you and cares for you and has called you out of darkness, all you have to do is live the way that he's asked you. To be a person that brings hope, to be a, be a person that actually says what is true, is does what's integral, and actually stands out by being very joyful. The unfortunate part is a lot of Christian people are very sad. They're very overwhelmed all the time. They're always worrying. They're not really living any different than what the rest of the world is living like. So no wonder people don't want to have anything to do with Jesus or even the church because there's been a lot of stuff that's gone down that's ridiculous. But if we simplified it to just this, you and me, all we have to do is literally bring some flavoring. What does that mean? Just be kind to people. Do stuff that is nice. Speak life into other people. Encourage folks. Be the one that always initiates stuff like forgiveness and grace and mercy. That like that brings a lot of flavoring into a conversation. When you go to work, your whole goal should be, how can I make the people around me better? In your family, the goal should be, how do I make the people around me better? How do I bring flavor to the situation? How do I make sure that people know that there's something good here? That's one. Number two, when you see society decaying, this is what we do. We see stuff going on in our opinion that's not good or not right or whatever. And instead of being like, hey, how can we jump in and help? We point our finger and we say, Ugh, look how bad those people are. Here's the thing. For years, Christians expected people that were not Christians to act like Christians. That's dumb. How do you expect somebody who does not have the same value system as you or have the same beliefs as you to act and be like you? That's impossible, especially if we really believe that Christianity is a change of heart because you have a relationship with God. So we're expecting people to change their behavior and change their hearts on their own without ever, ever you know, breaching the fact that they actually need God to do that and they need to be in a relationship with him. Okay, so instead of you going around telling people how they should be living their lives, how about you just and then figure out ways to preserve a decaying world? How about we help? How about we give socks to people, for example, that are homeless? How about you actually help the neighbor that lives beside you and do something nice for them? How about you actually live out your life in a way that leads to helping things be preserved and preventing even more decay? Instead of pointing our little chubby fingers in the face of a world that's just trying to figure it out. That's not going to help anybody. And then lastly, when he talks about light, what does that look like? Well, ultimately, very easy. For us, the idea of being light has to be that when people are rolling around in their lives, doing their thing, 
that every time they come around us, there is a sense of peace, of hope, of rest, and of being absolutely cared for. Right? Think about people on this road that are getting jacked up. Like they're terrified, they're stressed, they're overwhelmed, they feel lost, there's all kinds of things going on. And instead of, you know, like seeing, not knowing where they're headed, when they see some light in a town just up ahead, there is this sense of like, okay, well, you know, I just have a few more minutes and I'm, I'm exactly where I need to go. I'll find shelter there. I'll find, you know, food there. I won't get jacked up by people. This is going to be great. That's how people should react when they're around you, okay? If people are reacting as though they don't want to have anything to do with you, please do not call that persecution when maybe it's just you're an annoying person. You ever think about that? Maybe the way that we have produced our Christian living has actually created more annoyance for people and more uh, uh, judgment for people than it has peace, rest, and truth. Which leads to the last thing. Don't hide your light underneath a jar of clay, or uh, clay of whatever, whatever, shut up. Take it out and let the whole world see it. Because when light illuminates darkness, people see it's really there. Sometimes the way that we act and react the way that we talk about other people, the stuff that we do, we get so caught up on the things that don't matter that the people around us have no idea what truth is at all. We're supposed to be illuminating the darkness so that people can see what's going on around them. Like what is true about relationships? What's true about life? What's true about doing the right thing? What's true about having integrity? What's true about relationship with God? What's true about God himself? Like people should see that stuff by the way that we live. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. And that's why over the last several weeks, what we've been doing is this whole uncommonly common because the stuff that we think is common actually is uncommon in so many different ways because, you know, we just don't live it out properly. So stop complicating it. Honestly, literally love God, love people, read your Bible, do the things that are in there. You don't have to worry about doing all the weird spiritual stuff. Uh, we had friends over last night. Virtually. No, not virtually. We had friends over. Get out of here. I almost lied. Um, and, you know, the thing that struck me the most was that the more we talked, and we were talking about stuff that happened growing up and all kinds of things spiritually or whatever. And the thing that got me was I said something that probably came off very insensitive. So we were talking about things like if you've been in the church world at all, there's this thing called revival and it's like, you know, big things that happen over time and all that other stuff uh, in terms of God, you know, breaking into just normal life and doing some things. And, and I said last night, like, you know what? Like I grew up in, in a, in a church culture that was very like ran after each one of those things, uh, these moments in time. And I said last night, like, I'm just done with that. Why am I running after moments in time 
or these spiritual experiences, if I can't even just live my life on a daily basis, just very steady, you know what I mean? Like over the years, what I have found as a Christian person is that a lot of Christians run from spiritual experience to spiritual experience, to spiritual experience. And here's why, because some people say they're hungry for God. That's some people. I would say, to be very honest, a lot of people are just very shallow and they want instant fixes. They literally want those moments so that they can feel good about themselves because becoming a steady person spiritually is actually a ton of work and they don't want to do it. Um, and so let's not be those people that run around and try to get every little thing. Not that any of, you know, experiencing God in those settings is wrong. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is if that's all you're doing, then you're a very shallow Christian. If you can't figure out how to live your life steady on a daily basis with God, and it's not an up and down, up and down, up and down thing, um, you should probably reevaluate a few things. Just saying. So all that to say, be salt and be light. You and I were really called by God to be the most consistent people in our workplaces and our families. We're not supposed to be people that go, you know, roller coastering everywhere. We should be the people that actually bring preservation to a society. We should be the people that bring flavoring to contexts and to culture and to all the kinds of other things. We're the folks that should illuminate uh, the world and show it what is true so that people aren't groping around in the darkness anymore. Uh, and we should be people that when folks are around us, find hope and joy, excitement, and absolute care. So when it comes down to it, that's what Jesus wants from us. And in fact, that's what he said in the preamble to the way he talked about the Sermon on the Mount to his followers. So he had the Beatitudes, and then he had the salt and light piece that was really the jump off. And I'm telling you, there aren't a ton of Christians that are salt and light in the way that they need to be. But we can be, and that's the hope of it, that we would be salt and light in a way that would show Jesus and demonstrate his love in such a great way. So let's pray together. Um, hope that encourages you. Now, one thing, I have a buddy named Cam whose wife has... Uh, been in the hospital and she's going through some medical stuff and it's been really hard on that family. So I want to, I want to pray for him. Uh, and then, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually in a whole different thing back in, in the back end here. So I'm not on the chat right now, but if you're on the chat and you need to pray about something, why don't you go ahead? I know pastor Matt is watching and tagging us too. So, um, you know, so if you want to, if you want to do that, but let's pray together and, um, you know, we're going to ask that God make us salt and light in this world. So Jesus, thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love to us. Lord, I pray that we would be salt. People that bring flavoring and bring preservation to the world around us. But Lord, that we will also be light. People that illuminate the darkness and show people what is true, but also 
that produce hope and care and safety in the people around us. Lord, today I pray for Cam. I pray, Lord, for uh, his family and for Josie, Lord, and for all of the things going on. I pray, God, that you'd be with them, that you would help them, and that you would overwhelm their hearts as they are experiencing um, just some stuff going on in their own in, in their own lives. God, I pray for everybody uh, that's watching that they would feel your presence and your goodness and your kindness in the middle of all this. And God, for those that might not know you, that might think that this whole Christian thing is super complicated and it's weird, and I don't know because I I don't want to jump into it uh, because of what has happened to me in the past. Lord, I pray first and foremost that you would just really give them a, a good perspective on who you actually are first, firstly. And then secondly, Lord, I pray that uh, they would have forgiveness in their hearts for stupid Christians that have done dumb things. That they're people and uh, they've they maybe not met the mark. But Lord, I pray that that wouldn't prevent them from hearing from you and understanding that this whole life is really about a relationship with you. And this idea of salt and light is the best thing that ever could happen to them because it gives them a purpose. So we thank you for your grace and your goodness. Thank you for uh, the two gals that have uh, gone through uh, baptism. Lord, I just pray that you be with them and that you cause them to grow in their faith in some great ways. Lord, thank you for our church family. Thank you for the way that you do things in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Well, that's it. That's all. Family. We'll see you uh, next week and uh, hope you're all doing good. Let us know. Whatever you need, we're happy to help. Have a great day.